We are back for episode 41 of The Night Shift. Kyle Grimard and Mike Stubbs join you as always. And you can listen to the podcast and previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can also find us at globalnews.ca. You can also find us on socials at Stubbs980 with two Bs, at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. Weren't able to do an episode earlier on this week, but there has been some more events and games that have transpired, Mike. So we got a lot to divulge into here. And, you know, the Knights finishing off a lengthy and a long road trip. And, I mean, let's start with this because they played last night in Guelph. They were down early, then came all the way back from a 4 nothing deficit, and then they lose. I feel like you've been getting this question a whole lot, so we might as well just start with it here. What's going on with the London Knights, Mike? Why, why, why are they losing? How are they losing these games? By DM, by text, by email. You're right. I have seen this question pop up quite a bit. Well, okay, let's start with the numbers. So let's boil it down that way. And then I want to dig into a couple of other things. So okay. by the numbers, if we look at the London Knights right before these eight straight on the road began, the Knights were giving up 2.85 goals per game. So that's what it was. On this road trip, they averaged five goals against per game. And it's going to be difficult to win a lot of games when you are giving up that many goals. So then you go to, all right, what's going on? Why are these goals going in? And I really do look at what I'm starting to believe. And this is this is something that I'm, I'm not making this up. I'm I'm believing this. There's something about Owen Sound this year because the London Knights, as we've talked about before, set themselves into a mindset where it didn't matter how much they were down, they were able to come back. They did it against the Sarnia Sting. They were down 3-0 with 10 minutes to go in the third period, came back and beat the Sarnia Sting in overtime. It was a game that Knights fans will talk about for a long, long time. Had it happened on home ice, even more Knights fans would talk about it, but it happened in Sarnia. So you had that kind of a mindset, and things were rolling. This is a team that has had three eight-game winning streaks this year. And then... The Knights go into Owen Sound after a win over the Sarnia Sting. And that win over the Sarnia Sting was pretty emotional. That win over the Sarnia Sting was hard to get. And the next night, you were on the road, and they came out flat. And they came out flat to the point that they fell behind five to nothing. But then they started to come back. And in fact, they got to within a goal and then Colby Barlow scored and kind of snatched it all away. And it was, hey, where did our magic go? We, you know, we, we've been the team that's been able to do this. And then they go into Guelph the next day and they have a 3-2 lead in the third period and Guelph comes back and beats them in overtime. And it's, hey, wait a minute, where did that go? And it's all of a sudden that sort of thing snowballed. And I really do believe that it's nothing more than that, where fans will look and say, hey, what's going on? What's the problem? I really do believe it's just the, whoa, you know, we uh, we used to be able to summon up whatever we needed. It was almost like you had a magic wand and you could say, all right, this is what we need. Cast the spell and go. And then that disappeared. And how do you get that back? And teams go through that all the time. I've been around sports for a long, long time. 
And one of my favorites is still the Calgary Flames and their 11-game losing streak in 1986 that ended with a 9-1 loss to the Hartford Whalers that I've talked about. And then the Flames made the Stanley Cup final. So, <laughs> so I, it, this stuff doesn't really, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't ride the roller coaster in the way that, uh-oh, you know, this is, this is the end. This is awful. No one's ever going to pull out of this. In fact, against the Guelph Storm, they fell behind. And that's been another part of the problem where they had even had a, a chat amongst the players before they went on you know, a bit of a, a role and won some of those games against Sarnia where they wanted to have a better start, where they felt they weren't starting on time. And that really seemed to supercharge them for a while. And now that's disappeared. So I'm not going to look at this and say it's the end because I don't believe it is. In the game against Guelph, they're down 4 nothing. They scored four goals in four minutes and 42 seconds to tie the game. And then Guelph got a late goal in the second period and then a late penalty in the third period kind of took away a chance to tie it. So, you know, the big thing that they're going to be focusing on, I think, getting back home, and that's part of it too. You're on the road. You're out of routine. They haven't even been practicing at Budweiser Gardens. So, you know, there's that aspect. We've still got some young players who at this time of year – you go from the grind, the doldrums, the dog days of the season to, whoa, the sun's coming out. Here I go. And I think we're going to see some of that, too. And then they've been dealing with some injuries. Landon Sims, a big part of the team. Denver Barkey's a big part of their team. Uh, Logan Mayu missed Guelph. And I'm not throwing out excuses. I really believe it just comes down to that mental makeup of, yeah, we can still get this done or no, they're not going to score the first goal of the game. And I think we'll see that return before the start of the playoffs. So I'm sitting here not worried, but I'm a guy who doesn't worry about much. No. And, and you know what? It's, there's a lot in part to do with it, but you're right. Sometimes you get a little bit too in over your head. I think they're very aware of who they are as a team and what they've been able to accomplish and having the mindset to be able to go in and come back in games is always good, but definitely starting on time and making sure you don't have to come back in games would be a nice thing, especially going into the postseason where a team gets up by a couple goals and will do everything they possibly can to try and shut it down. And the Knights still have some time. They have some games left. I think a little home cooking will go a long way for this team and a matchup against the Kingston Frontenacs on Friday night should be, you know, something that London can look forward to to maybe getting back on track and gearing up because yes, they are going to have a home ice advantage in the first round of the postseason. And potentially if they make it in the second round, of the postseason, and a lot of times you build off that energy and that vibe and this isn't eight games in a two-week period this is eight games spread out over long lapses of going on road trips and coming home and then going back on the road and staying on the road and then coming back home and then going out again on the road so it's a lot of travel it's a lot of movement and at some point i i do mike think that you miss the home crowd you miss that energy you miss your routine your comfortability and when you're out of that routine you you feel out of whack to a certain extent and i think that may have just been what's happened over the back end of this trip right and you said it that's maybe the best way because when you watch the knights play right now there are things that look out of whack that's a perfect way to describe it and things that are out of whack are not a problem they're just out of whack 
and you get them back in whack. So that's what they're going to be looking to do. Said, I, I really do believe that getting back home, getting into those routines is going to help. And the other thing that the London Knights do not have right now, and I think this goes to it as well, because sometimes if you are in a funk, all you need is one of your absolute stars who is racking up in junior hockey over 100 points in a season. You know, the the Matt Maggio of Windsor, who has scored 50 goals this year. The Colby Barlow, who we talked about of Owen Sound. They go out and they score. The Knights don't have that dagger scorer where you've got somebody who's going to hit 50 this year or going to hit 40. In fact, the Knights right now have two 25 goal scorers. They've got five games remaining. They could be the first team since 2005, 2006 to win their division, which is not easy to do and not have a 30 goal scorer on their roster. We'll talk about that a little later. It's the first time since 2005, 2006. If you follow the OHL really closely, start thinking about which team it might have been in 05, 06. That was the year that the Knights went to the OHL Championship Series against yep. the Peterborough Peets. So start thinking, and we'll talk about that later. But yeah, when things are out of whack, you don't worry because they're not a problem. You know what this team can do. You know what this team has done, and there's no reason that they can't get back to that level and get back quickly. So Kingston, good team to be facing because Kingston is hungry. There's one playoff spot left in the Eastern Conference. Oshawa and Kingston are in the mix for it. One's going to make it, one isn't. And that's the team that's coming in, you know, one of those two that's saying, yeah, it's now or never for us. So a great team to be facing because you've got to match their intensity off the start. You know they'll be bringing it. No, you definitely know they will. It's You can never take any round or any team for granted. We've seen this from any team throughout the course of the season. And London's not the only team that has found a way to lose strange games. I think we got a tweet from Captain Stinkpants yesterday during the contest where I think North Bay was down and another top team was losing at one point too. It, it happens to everybody. And you're right. I think the longer, I think the more, Mike, that actually you and I have I've done the show together, we've done the uh, post-game show on 980 CFPL, the more I've come to understand uh, just from your perspective of how not to ride the roller coaster because, one, it's draining on your body, on your <laughs> mental health. And two, when you kind of put it all in a microscope, when you look back on a season, you never really go into those micromanaging situations that you do in the moment of the season. And I just think it's it's a way too much to think about. Over the course of the entire year, the Knights are one of the top teams in the, in the Western Conference. They're going to have first-round home playoff um, they're going to have home playoff games to start. And I think that they're, you know, I think that they could still be special and go on a run. Yeah. And riding the roller coaster can be fun, but you're right. It is draining. And it's, it's fun when the roller coaster is going in the right direction, when it's having some trouble getting up the hill, it's not fun and you can get caught up in it. And so what I would say is give it a second, you know, this coaching staff, has had incredible success. You know, the team has had very good success. So 
We've got five games left in the regular season, and they still have time to ramp things up. You want to be playing your best hockey at this time of year. You want to be playing your best hockey going into the playoffs. But uh, do you want me to find some examples of teams that were on five-game losing streaks or, you know, six-game losing streaks, started the playoffs and won the playoff series? We can find lots and lots and lots. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Mike, it'll be nice because the Knights do get to return home on Friday and just get back to it. They've only got a few more home games remaining as well before the postseason really gets going. But, you know, what do you what are you trying to see London getting back to Friday night against Kingston? I think it is from the defensive zone out. We mentioned the number of goals that they've been giving up lately, averaging five per game over the road trip. That's not something that you see out of the London Knights. So I think we're going to see, a, you know, a much quieter game where it's not about, you know, creating big chances off the rush. I think we might see it, you know, get get fairly quiet, keep the shots down and and see what happens from there. And then you just get that defensive confidence back because that's the thing that maybe is not there. The offense is still there. They're still scoring goals. They scored four goals against the Guelph Storm. They scored five against the Sudbury Wolves. So they're still scoring goals, but it's just a matter of in the defensive zone, having that confidence and, uh, and having that cohesion, getting back in whack. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree with that, Mike. And I'm very, I'm very intrigued to see because, you know, we've seen quotes from the Knights team. You were just, you're mentioning it about how they know how good of a team they are. They know they expect better of one another and they know that they need to be clicking at the right time. And now is as good as time as ever to go back home, figure it out, get a nice win, get back into the groove of things and have a good mojo going into the postseason. That will be the goal. In fact, we sat down and we talked with Knights Associate General Manager Rob Simpson about the fact that this team may not have a 30-goal scorer, and that means they highlight scoring by committee in a massive way. The last team to do this, to not have a 30-goal player and win their division, was the Plymouth Whalers in 2005-2006. Dan Collins John Vigilante, Andrew Fournier, they were their top scorers, and they had Justin Peters in goal, very good goalie in the OHL, and they ended up making it into the second round and were right in it with the Guelph Storm to face the London Knights in the conference final. Guelph ended up winning that series. The Knights beat Guelph, and then Peterborough defeated the Knights that year, but that was the last time it's happened. It doesn't happen very often. So we talked about Rob Simpson, about having to score by committee. You know, if you don't have that perennial, you know, 50-goal score like last year, Luke, or 50, or 40-goal score, or even 30 maybe this year, you have to make sure you get to the net more. Uh, you have to screen, you have to tip, you have to deflect, you have to get sometimes a little more dirty goals, I guess you could call them, to be able to get contributions from everybody. And if you can get everybody doing that consistently, then they're going to chip in more and more. You seem to become harder to stop because, you know, if you've got one guy coming at you, well, that's the one guy we've got to stop. If you've got everybody coming at you, do you look at that as a positive? Yeah, I think so. I think last year with Luke, uh, you know, he kind of dried up a little bit, had lots of chances, and sometimes, uh, you know, it just doesn't go in for you. And I think if you have more people contributing, 
it's going to lead to more success, hopefully, um, because it, it's harder to shut down one guy. And usually in playoff series, you need that. You need guys that step up, and maybe they scored 20 in the year, but now they're on pace for if it was a full season, 30. You know, you you always see that in the NHL, especially where guys step up and they make a name for themselves off of that. And having to get those dirty goals, is that just kind of practice for the playoffs? Because it's still that way, right? You've still got to go to the net to score. Yeah, yeah. yeah me and Mark were actually talking to some of the players about it uh, the other day there that, you know, it's time to start to get into those good habits like that and making sure that we understand how you're going to have to have success in the playoffs, and that's one big reason. Finally, what do you think the team needs to be looking at along with that over the last two weeks? I think that, uh, you know, we have to really push for first place here. I think home ice advantage in the, in the playoffs is going to be huge for whoever gets it. And if you can ensure that you're going to have it for your, as long as you go on your side, I think that's a big advantage. So I think, you know, on top of the scoring and just making sure our game's going in the right direction, we're playing, you know, the way we want to play right now and the way our coaches want our team to play, I think we have to really make sure we, we do everything possible to give us a chance to finish first. Good luck. Thank you. That is Rob Simpson, Knights Associate General Manager, and that is the goal, to finish in first place in the Western Conference, to have that home ice advantage. It's something the players have talked about, the coaches have talked about. Everybody wants it. Now they trail the Windsor Spitfires by two points going into the weekend, and they also do not have that tiebreaker that we talked about on After the Buzzer, and that is regulation or overtime wins. Windsor's got that over the London Knights, and now with five games remaining, Windsor has that over the London Knights. The Knights can't catch them in regulation or overtime wins. So they have to have more points than the Spitfires, and now it's about whether or not this comes down to that final home-and-home between the two teams on, what will it be, March 24th and 25th? Yeah, it's, uh, I'm very, very, I'm in, I just, I'm intrigued to see what this team is going to do over this last stretch here. Mike, I'm just, I, I want to know how they're going to come back from this because you're right. This has now been multiple times where they've given up multiple uh, goal leads in the first period and had to have claw their way back in. And I know that the coaching staff wouldn't necessarily be too fond of that, especially game one in a playoff game at home. So I, I, I think that that is going to get fixed and corrected relatively quickly. And we could see it as early as Friday. Absolutely. And once you get back into that groove, once you get feeling good, and I really thought we were watching it when Sean McGurn scored to tie the game, the look of relief on his face, because he hadn't scored in a couple of games, Ryan Winterton scored a goal, the look of relief on his face. I really thought that's what we were seeing, that the Knights had erased a four nothing lead against Guelph and that they had a shot to come away with a victory to say, Hey, there's that magic wand. We're able to wave and perform that magic again. And it just, it didn't happen. So it digs at them a little bit more. So yeah, it's about getting back to the basics. And I think we're going to see a getting back to the basics game against the Kingston Frontenacs. And the Knights will be looking for a victory, stay in the hunt for first place overall in the West, and then head to Flint and take on a team that had built a seven-game winning streak 
before it ended on Wednesday. So no picnic. You've got Kingston battling for their lives. You've got Flint that was on a seven-game win streak that just because they lost one doesn't mean they're going to stop playing well. And then you go Windsor, Windsor, Kitchener to finish the regular season. And at, at anything, they're going to be battle-tested going into the first round of the playoffs. You will have had that level that you have to be at. It's about the Knights being able to be there. That's what they want to get to. It's so funny because they're locked into a playoff spot, but they are going to be playing as if they're like gearing up for a playoff series or battling for a playoff spot because the teams they're playing against are also battling for playoff spots. Like we mentioned, uh, you know, they, the game against Sudbury, they came away with Barry's, you know, a really good team. Kingston's fighting for their life. Flint's on a really good run. Windsor's battling for first Kitchener's locked in a spot, but they're trying to get better seating. There's no off nights moving forward. So the Knights have to be ready to go. I also do want to point out that the game against North Bay, where they lost four, nothing last Sunday, North Bay for them, that was their third shutout in four games. They had given up one goal in that entire span, not one goal in one game, one goal in a four game stretch. So they have been playing as, as good as anybody Guelph's on a heater right now too. And now it's up to London to figure out how to get themselves into a groove going into the playoffs. Yeah. North Bay has been a story and oh. What we need to do, we don't focus on the Eastern Conference very much. And when you look over, you think, hey, the Ottawa 67s are a really good team, and they are. But the North Bay Battalion, the Barry Colts, in the month of March, Kyle, North Bay has given up three total goals. <laughs> and we're past the middle of the month. So North Bay and Barry, these are going to be tough teams. And the talk in the North in Sudbury and in North Bay is whether or not they're going to get their first Sudbury North Bay playoff series. We keep talking, will we get our first Knights Sting playoff series in this playoffs? Well, they're wondering if it's going to be North Bay and Sudbury who have not met since North Bay relocated from Brampton. So it's been a while. They, the Sudbury Wolves and the North Bay Centennials, they played playoff series against one another. The North Bay wow. Battalion and the Sudbury Wolves have not played in the postseason. But if the season ended today, they would play. So everybody there is kind of rooting for that rivalry to hit a playoff series. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot of hockey left. So as it stands, uh, Sudbury's two points back of Mississauga. They played the same amount of games. So it'll be between them two for six and seven and North Bay looks comfortable right now in that second spot, four points up on Barry. If North Bay were in the Western conference, they'd be in first place. They'd be a point up on the Windsor Spitfires and three points up on the London Knights right now. They are good. They are really very good really team. Good. Okay. While the Knights were in North Bay, let's close out on a high note. They were in North Bay and they did some video early in the day and then later went to a team movie and they had to choose which movie it was going to be. And it seemed to be a very difficult decision. It ended up being Cocaine Bear. And I don't know that everybody was too happy with that, but everybody went. So the team consensus, Cocaine Bear. After they watched the movie, we had a chance to sit down with Max McHugh, Sean McGurn, Alec Leonard, and George Diaco to get their Cocaine Bear movie review. What is that? Beth, we should go. Movie night, the London Knights go to see 
cocaine bear. It's had a lot of previews. It's had a lot of reviews, some not so positive. George Diaco, in picking this movie, what were the other options? Were there other movies that guys were bringing up, or was this cocaine bear right from the start? Yeah, there was a lot of movies. I wanted to watch Scream, but uh, we ended up picking Cocaine Bear. So um, I didn't think it was the best choice, but... But but, the, but there you were. And you know what? They say about Cocaine Bear, you have to go in a large group. I don't know if you can get a larger group than a hockey team. So that's a good large group. Okay, let's take a deep breath and get some reactions from George Diaco, Alec Leonard, Sean McGurn, and Max McHugh. George, what did you think of the movie? Four out of ten. Four out of ten. Four out of ten. Alec? I might go even three out of ten. I was falling asleep in my chair. Could have seen Scream. Could have seen John Wick. I'd say it's Magoo's <laughs> choice. We'll listen to him. Shouldn't have listened. Okay, well then let's go to Sean McGurn then. If this was your this was your choice, are you going to take responsibility for taking the team? I mean, it wasn't just me. A lot of guys wanted it, but I'll give it a 7.5. I didn't mind. I wow. thought it was it was pretty good. A lot of action, pretty gory, and it was funny as well, so I liked it. 7.5. Okay. Now, are you a guy that likes movies like that, like Snakes on a Plane? Was that a favorite of yours growing up? I don't know. I'm just not too picky like these guys. I like to enjoy movies, so uh, I liked it a lot. <laughs> so we've got a 3... <laughs> A four, a seven and a half. Max McHugh, give us your thoughts on it. Um, I, I mean, it was fun to be with all the guys. I mean, it was pretty funny just laughing with them. There's, you know, there's some other people laughing in the theater as well, so it was pretty funny that way. But the movie is uh, three out of ten. <laughs> it was a terrible movie. It was terrible. It was terrible. If you, Alec, if you go alone to this movie, should you just choose a different movie? You, you just leave. You leave 20 minutes in. You don't go alone. Don't go. You don't go, General. You don't go. Yeah, cocaine yeah, bear. Don't should do it. Be so sequel, Sean. If if they said to you, because you're the one who's given this anything above a four, you're giving this seven point five bears out of ten. If there was a sequel, would you see the sequel? Yes, I'd see the sequel. Heroin bear. Couldn't pay me. <laughs> so two threes, a four, a seven and a half from Sean McGurn. We actually asked Sam Dickinson afterward and uh, his comment on how many bears out of 10. He said, can you go into the negative? So cocaine bear is what it is. You have to go see it in a big group. Remember that. If you just go by yourself to see cocaine bear, go see something else. You need to go in a big group. You should always go in a group that has someone with some kind of really loud laugh. So at least you can laugh at their laugh when the stuff on the screen gets a little tiresome. I think you also have to go into it, Mike, not expecting it to be a an Oscar-worthy film. You have to go in. The name tells it all. Cocaine Bear. You have to go in not expecting it. Maybe it's just so bad that it actually ends up being good. If you go in thinking it's, there's going to be phenomenal acting and a gripping storyline, I don't think you're going to be in for a great film. But if you go in relaxed, not having great expectations, I feel like that's maybe a better way. I haven't seen the movie yet, but that would be my mindset before watching it. Three, three, four, seven and a half. And can you go into the negatives? That's what we get from the London Knights. I'm going to guess okay. Sam Dickinson's would be a minus. I'd say a <laughs> negative two. Yeah, it's about the only minus he would ever get. So <laughs> he's been special. We are out of time this week, but we will recap the weekend and get set for the final week of the regular season on our next podcast. Don't miss After the Buzzer with Kyle Grimard. 
after the game between the Knights and the Kingston Frontenacs. You can find that on 980CFPL and at 980CFPL.ca or on the Radio Player Canada app. And it's the Knights and the Frontenacs on St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. If you're young enough, stay off the roof. That's the only thing I ever ask on St. Patrick's Day. Stay off the roof. If anything in your head says, you know, we should climb up on the roof, stay off the roof. At least it is supposed to rain later in the day. So I think we've got that at least in Southwestern Ontario. Kyle, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk on Monday. Yes, you as well. Also, quick reminder, night skills competition this coming Sunday starts at noon. Doors open 1130. It's free to go. Bring your family, bring your kids, bring your significant other. It's going to be a, a blast and game Friday night. We'll see you next week. We will recap that on the next podcast as well. I'm eager to see who the fastest skater is, Kyle. I can't even I can't even picture who I think Denver Barkey would be in line for it, but I think this is going to be one of those years where someone just comes out of the mix that you don't expect and you think, "Wow, I never knew that guy was that fast." Can't wait to find out. Like Kyle says, it is free on Sunday at noon. Should be a blast. I'm going to go land in Simper Fastest Skater. We'll find out the rest of them, Mike. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We will see you. Go Knights, go.